a one, a two, a one, two, three, four. <laughs> can you feel the tension in the air right now? I know I can. I can feel it all the way down in my plums. Either one. One of us is going to do the intro. I'll do the intro. What's up, everybody? There it is. It's the... It's the it's the Bash Report podcast. Ryan's over there, right here. Hello, and I'm Joel as usual. Still the same. Joel person. E- Joel Eads over there. Still over here. Ryan Cook's Joel over there. Day. How dare you? Um, yeah, man, we're back. It's uh, it, we're getting back to our regular reg regular regu regulary regularly scheduled 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 podcast. What the. F- it's how now November how now brown cow unique new york i oh, sorry i didn't do my warm-ups <laughs> you got it we talked about this. i know I didn't, I didn't do my warm-ups um and i just got home from work i'm not drunk i promise anyway uh we're back and we're on a regular regular schedule i got that out welcome back brian what's up welcome back everybody i'm happy to be here you've been you've been getting them on the jig it's that time finally I love seeing the jig fish, and I'll tell you one thing: <clears throat> you had one picture of spotties that were the coolest colors. I don't know if the sun just hit them just right, glisten, just kissed, just beautiful. They got the yellows and the greens, white bellies, dark back, dude. Looking, they're they're healthy. incredibly healthy right now. Yeah, I'm trying to. Healthy. Which picture are you talking about? Oh, you're talking about the one with Gavin. Yeah, dude, the the colors in that were just popping. Are you using HDR or what? You got a new camera? You know what? No. Um, you know what I did on that one actually. I used to do this on a lot, but I I uh, I got the iPhone what the 13 Pro or Plus whatever it is. Well, that's um, it right there, buddy. But then then you know what I do? I snap a picture, then I take it on over to Snapseed, and Ooh. I and I hit pop. Oh, it's the pop filter, and you pop it, and it just it makes the colors pop. Well, now that now now that I know you doctored it, no, but in cool. person, that's but that's one of those deals. Like the picture doesn't do the fish justice. I feel like that's what they look like in real life. These fish are beautiful right now. They are healthy. They are spitting up crawdads. They're spitting up shad. They're they're just fat. They're pulling hard. They're aggressive. Life is good right now in the motherload. Yeah, life buddy. is good. Well, let's get through our uh, quick little deal here. Um, Phoenix Rods, you can find them at CBT, and you can find them at Atwater Stage Stop Gun Shop. Big thanks to them. They uh, Ryan only throws them on his boat. I only throw them on mine. Um, I don't fish as much as Ryan does, but I still um, have full faith, and I haven't ever broke one, and uh, I don't lose a lot of fish. But I don't catch a lot of fish either, though, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't lose a lot of fish, but I also, well, I also don't I don't hook a lot of fish either, so it's cool. Um, <laughs> they're great rods. Um Vince has been really good to us, helping us out with that, and hopefully we're going to be having him on again here soon because it's the two-year anniversary of the podcast, and last year we did it because Vince was, I believe, and he was the first person I ever had on. Um, this is before the Ryan Cook age, uh, but Ryan helped me out last year, and we're going to have him on again hopefully uh, this year, so we'll see how that goes. But coming up on two years, dude, crazy. Absolutely nuts. Absolutely nuts. Absolutely freaking two years. Yeah. We got, uh, I'm going to thank our our... Our guys over at Spearpoint for keeping us in hooks. So and our any, fish pinned and our fish pinned and uh, been able to give away a lot of that stuff to guys on the Patreon. So uh, shout out to those guys. 
uh, we get to give away a lot of cool stuff and he sends us the, the newer stuff and they're always coming out with new stuff. So stuff, 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 right? All right, 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 right. I was watching, uh, I was watching, uh, uh, Groundhog Day and uh, Needlehead Ned, Ned the head. Come on, buddy. And he's like, nope, don't remember. And he's like, That's watch out for that first step. It's a doozy. <laughs> God, I love Bill Murray, man. Dude, love that movie. But he goes, right, 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 right. Anyway. Um, you know what movie I watched the other day that was a great one that it, it, totally underrated, not talked about much? The Sitter with Jonah Hill. Have mm, you ever seen that? I know I have not. Oh, it's, I have you got to watch it. You got to watch it. I, 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 I like Jonah Hill, dude. Funny guy. Oh I, love, oh, I love Jonah Hill. He was great in Wolf of Wall Street. This dude's like, Stellar. He's like, man, you got one big set of balls on you balls are too big he goes i can't even buy underwear balls don't fit it's got to wear you got to wear that uh you got to wear that hoodie upside down mm-hmm. or you got to wear the hoodie as pants something like that seen that video anyway um like trying, we're trying like we always get sidetracked i'm trying to keep this this part like short and it never is never short uh so yeah big thanks to those guys and everybody else who's helped us this last year it's been it's been really cool really great uh, and we've got, um, a kind of cool thing going on with, uh, with G rat and dark cloud customs reached out to Joe over at dark cloud. If you don't know about dark cloud customs, go look them up. Uh, I are, I mean, I, I've never seen Bates like what he paints the realism, just everything about them. They're, they're absolutely beautiful. He's helped us out before. And so I figured for December, um, let's get some baits painted up. And so I talked to Garrett, Garrett's going to send over some papas, whatever he decides to send over. I'm kind of leaving it in those guys' hands. And so, um, Joe's going to hook us up with a, with a good price on his stuff. And, and Garrett's going to donate some baits to him. And, and I really just told Joe, go crazy, you know, have fun with it. And I can't wait to see what he comes up with, uh, to give out to you guys. Um, I'd love to keep one, but I probably won't because, because I'm ethical. I believe in ethics. Right, Ryan. That's right. That's right. We're we are excited for that. We are. It's gonna be. It's gonna be pretty cool. Um, and uh, what else is on? I just have these notes up front here. Um, yeah. So Cast and Crank's gonna do their their uh, toy drive, which is pretty awesome. It's getting bigger every year. We've talked about it. Um, we don't do, we don't, I don't have the bandwidth. Ryan doesn't either to do anything crazy like this. And it's kind of, it's kind of in uh, Nick's wheelhouse, but if you're unable to go and donate toys, they're going to do a raffle the day after. So if you do want to give to that, um, it's a lot of good causes they're doing out there. They just did a raffle on a boat for, um, for, uh, charity down there, nonprofit full tilt outdoors or something like that. Um, I don't, I should have looked that up. But anyway, uh, if you do want to give, but you're not able to get down there, uh, they do a raffle uh, after the toy drive to, to raise even more money. So there's that. Um, Saturday. What's that? Saturday, the tournament. Oh, yeah. No, I have that here. Oh. That's tournament Saturday. I thought, sorry, I thought you were like thinking of the next thing. You were like, um. No, my, I'm just getting old. My brain's dead. Wait so you get to be my age. It's the we're the same age, dummy. <laughs> <laughs> Wait till you get to be my age. Um, Vets tourney this Saturday uh, at Don Pedro, put on by NorCal Bass. Um, make sure that you have your voter ID card. Just kidding, you don't need to have it, but it is in the rules. And um, I have an interesting story about that. We'll get into it in a minute. 
So it's Ryan. So it's, from what I saw, I didn't see a definitive time, but you want to get there an hour before sunrise because they're going to go at safe light. So to be safe, get there an hour before sunrise or a little bit before. Yeah, but you want to keep in mind. So official sunrise and safe light are two different things. Official sunrise, yes, yes. So is what I'm saying is going to be 15 minutes hour, 15 minutes after safe light. Exactly. So what they said is at least get there at least an hour before sunrise. Yeah, gives you some time, but I would say get there probably earlier, and that means my lazy ass has to get up at like two thirty in the morning. Why don't you come crash up here? We'll see what happens. I've, got, I've talked to a couple people about going up there and crashing. It's just a matter of if I can't get out of here before one o'clock in the bay, getting out of the bay is going to take me five hours to even get to the valley. So that's why it's tough on a Friday. I understand it. I appreciate yeah. I appreciate the offer. We'll see what happens. If I'm able to squeeze yeah. out of here at noon, then I might do it. Um, keep in mind for that tournament, they are going to blast you off in the order you sign up. It's not going to be a random draw. So if you're the first boat there, you're the first boat out. Really? Yes. That's a thing? Absolutely. Hmm. Quite a few tournaments do it that way. Uh, it should be random draw because a lot of people don't have the luxury of getting there super early, but it should be that way. Yeah, must be nice. Anyway, as usual, so then I'll be uh, last out. Great. And uh, I think that's it. And you're, I hear you like whispering to your wife right now, and mine just literally no, walked in. No, that was actually my wife whispering to me. So it, so my wife just came in here with my leftovers from today, and she's like looking at me like with this puppy dog, guys. <coughs> yeah, no, they're yours. You can Laura! It's <laughs> like dinner. He says, he says, hi, they're leftovers. It's not a whole meal. She's mad because I brought home some leftovers. She's like, this isn't enough for a whole meal. See, you can't ever win, dude. Went to Smoking Pig in San Jose. If you guys have never been there, the barbecue on point. It's on point. I just pissed my wife off. Oh yeah. She she just walked away from me and gave me a dirty look. Mine was mad when she, before she even came out here when she saw that she didn't have a full meal. So I guess we I guess we both pissed off our wives. Woohoo! All right, uh that's Team Bass Report. That, where's the uh where's the mother load report? Everyone that's, that follows you knows you just you knows you knows knows. Dude, this is gonna be a rough one. I'm gonna let you take this one today. Uh you've been catching them on the old yig. Tell us about the yig fishing. Uh, you can catch them on all kinds of stuff, but I've like I've said it once, and I'll say it again, and I'll continue to say it. If they're biting the jig, that's Keep just what it. you do. Um, it. It's been fun. Uh, you know, like I said, I took almost three weeks off. We had all our stuff going on. Kind of a nice little, you know, unintended break, actually, because I'm really, you know, I just kind of got rejuvenated. I'm fired up again about fishing. I'm having fun. Get back out there. It's cooling down. We got a little rain coming in. Came in, and it sparked everything up. Um, from the deep spoon bite in 60 to 70 right now to the, the jig bite that is man, literally, I mean, all three lakes right now, I mean, you can throw a jig from, you know, five to gosh, out to 75 and catch fish on it. Um, McClure's got a pretty good population of fish shallow Don Pedro. They're a little bit deeper. They are better quality at Don Pedro overall, what we're seeing. Um, I haven't been to Maloney's. I haven't needed to go. As most of you know, New Maloney's for me is about, with the Tuttletown ramp being closed down, I'm looking at about an hour and 55 minutes each way to Glory Hole. So that makes for a long week with a two-hour commute every day. Yikes. So Yikes. I can beat a McClure and Pedro in right at an hour. So I prefer to guide those two lakes. Um, the reports I'm getting from Maloney's, though, the bite is good. I don't have anything specific for that lake. 
but like I said, Lake McClure, there's a good shallow jig bite, you know, from, from one to, to 35 foot of water. You can definitely catch them deeper. We haven't needed to fish much deeper than that. Um, we have found some spoon fish, some schooling fish on some bait, um, all that kind of stuff. If you want to go up out and just strictly catch numbers, and we're catching a lot of fish on a jig right now, but I mean, if you want to go out and just catch numbers, you can take a Ned rig, you know, a drop shot with a short leader, dart head worm. Um, we're catching a lot of tube fish. If I get somebody out that can't throw a bait caster, they're throwing a tube. Tube's killing it as it always does. Um, but yeah, it, it's just they're they, these fish are fat, they're healthy, they're feeding up for winter, and we are in full blown fall mode finally um, here, the middle of November. Fall showed up a little late this year, but yeah. Um, right on. We are catching spinnerbait fish. Um, I'm throwing the Joel Lead Special, the half ounce, and the three quarter. Catching quite a few fish on that with any kind of wind or low light conditions. Um, trying to think other than that, what's going on? I haven't heard. Colin DeGoff got a big swim bait fish yeah. in the Christian Bass League at Saw that. Pedro. He caught him at eight something. Definitely. They unfortunately couldn't find much to go with it, but uh, but shout out to Colin, man, that was awesome. That's that's the biggest fish weighed in at Don Pedro in a tournament in quite a while, like almost a year. So our hats are off to you, bud. Right that's on, impressive. <clears throat> they both those guys are killers, absolute yeah, murderers. A lot of guys have given up on that swim bait bite right now up there, and there he goes and. He's always just popping his head up with a big one here and there, though. You know, yeah. just all quiet, and all of a sudden, there he is. Consistency is key. They know uh, what they're doing. Yeah, and uh, thanks to everybody who did uh, buy some of the swim baits. I got a few left, so on Patreon, if you're on there, I put them up on there. And uh, yeah, gonna help me get more materials and make more. And what swim baits? I'm sorry, spinner baits. We were talking. Sorry. Oh, spinner baits. Did I say like you're baits? making swim baits now? Did I? No, hell no. Did I say swim bait? Dude. You that's okay, oh, bro. You might have said spinnerbait and I heard swim bait. I'm oh, well, I'm I'm, I'm known to there are spinnerbaits and there's a few left. Um thanks for the guys that went on there and, and swooped them up real quick. Um they're cheap as dirt. The only thing that costs anything is the shipping, which is stupid now. But anyway, um yeah, no, I do want to say thanks to NorCal for saying go look at look at our rules and they brought up the the boater id card and i knew this wasn't going to be a thing like where they could actually like they they're not state employees they're not going to enforce that but at the same time i was kind of thinking about it and i talked to a couple people that night and i was like it t- they say it's going to take three to five days to get it i'm like really if i go all the way up there and I get turned around for a stupid boater id card because i have not done it because i think it's stupid I mean, I just think it's, I think it's, I think it's foolish. I think the people that are renting stuff don't have to have it. Those are the people that really should have it. Um, strange, but anyway, kick me in the ass. I got it done on Tuesday and I was able to get the temp like the next day. So if you guys are thinking about it, yeah, it's a pain in the ass to take the test and whatever, but I've heard the tickets like 500 bucks. So go ahead and do it just so you don't get a ticket from the nanny state that is California. Yeah. That's it. Agreed. I could say more and bitch and moan, but I'm not going to. Oh, what are you going to say? Our state sucks. That's all there is to it. Yeah. Oh, now I get a kiss on the cheek. Are you over uh, it now? Okay. Not anymore. 
Yeah, you'll get over it. Mine's gonna come back in. <laughs> my, mine's gonna come back in like smelling of barbecue, and then give me a kiss. Was what's gonna happen? Thanks. Well, for that's that. that's like a bonus. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> barbecue kisses from the wife. Oh my god! Barbecue kisses. Goodness, Christ. it's like a song. Yeah. Apparently, if your wife or significant other gets mad at you and you tell her, "Don't worry, you'll get over it," she doesn't understand that right away. Well, because then they actually have to get over it, and then they're like, "Oh, he was totally right." And then you he look like right. a baller. Get over like, it. You were like really smart. <clears throat> yeah. Anyway, uh, we got a good guest. We got uh, Austin Wilson on today. Um, I am super stoked for this one. Super good guy. I mean, don't do a whole. I mean, we we don't go really hard on the the research on a lot of do. I mean, we just have people on that we think would be good, whether they be well known guys or not well known guys. I don't. We don't really care. We'll take all comers. But uh, Austin, he he does have a pedigree. I mean, an absolute stick. Not just in bass fishing, as we'll probably get into. He's been doing a lot of other stuff too. But. Um, yeah, nothing but good things that I've heard. So uh, our buddy Anthony kind of turned us on to him, and uh, <clears throat> thanks, Anthony, for doing that. And so we're going to try to get him on here, right? Meow. Yeah, it's crazy be. how different all three of these lakes fish. They're all they're all within, as the crow flies, they're all within 30 miles of each other. Lake McClure and Lake Don Pedro almost touch. <laughs> They have the same species of fish in them brought in from the same places, and they all three fish completely different. It's, it's a really weird thing, dude. Yeah, it's it's interesting. It makes your job a little bit harder, I imagine. Well, when you're trying to bounce around from lake to lake, yeah. if I get stuck at one lake for a while, but I've been bouncing, you know, Pedro and McClure, and it's like two totally different mindsets each time you go to each place. There he is. Hey, hey. Speaking of mindsets and some positive Austin. positive mindsets. Austin, what's up? What's up? I I now I'm gonna speak for Ryan and myself here. We're super excited to have you on, buddy. Well, I'm glad to be on. I've heard a few of you guys' podcasts and they're uh, pretty legit. I like listening to them. Well, if it coming from you, that's a huge compliment. So we appreciate it, brother. <laughs> big, big longtime fan. Love I just I I love watching your stuff. I I don't hardly watch any YouTube anymore. I'm like so over fishing on YouTube, and yours is one of the few channels that I still will watch. I love the stuff you put out there. Oh, thanks, thanks. I, I appreciate that. I do. I feel like I do need to step it up a little bit. You know, with a like a vlogging camera, and you know, maybe maybe even even break down a few things. You know, while I'm fishing, because a lot of times it's just fishing, and then me kind of just editing it, and every once in a while, me kind of talking in front of the camera. You know, and then I'll get some drone shots and stuff like that. But I, I feel like I do need to sit down in front of the camera a little bit more and explain exactly what I'm fishing. And I don't really do that right now. You it's, know, so. it, it's hard to find the time when you're catching so many fish, though. Like, how do you take a break? From yeah, it? I know. Seriously, dude, <laughs> you're just always swinging on one. So, I mean, when are you going to stop and talk to the camera? Right. Well, this next year, I might have a little bit of time. Um, yeah, I'm probably I'm taking a break from tournaments for the most part. Well, there you go. Uh, I'll be still, I'll still be fishing a lot. Don't be wrong. I still I think I'm going to focus on the YouTube channel a little bit, and uh, you know so. But from the tournaments out in the aspect, you know, aspect of tournaments, you know, it's it's great. I love tournaments. Don't be wrong. But I'm just it's just it gets expensive, especially you know with mm. gas prices. Gas prices right now are starting to drop, which is good. But they're probably going to climb back up here in the spring. Yeah. 
Well, before we get too far along, um, for anybody who doesn't know who you are, and if you don't, well, obviously, if you follow tournaments in the last couple of years, especially Wild West, you know who, who Austin is. Um, but for people who don't know as much and aren't and aren't really watching your YouTube stuff or who you are, give us a breakdown in 10 minutes of the Austin Wilson story. Oh, man. Um, I would say the last 10 years. So um, 31 now. Um, a lot, like I said, when I was about 20, 21 is where everything started clicking for me that I start you know, started climbing that ladder. Um, you know, I started off fishing a lot of the amateur stuff, fishing, you know, future pro and fishing BBT. And then, re- you know, a couple of years into that, I started to make a little bit too much money and they kicked me out just cause I was making too much. So mm-hmm. I had to step up. Um, and I didn't really know what to fish. You know, I, it, FLW was still kind of out of my price range and so I ended up taking, uh, you know, fishing the Federation deal, um, and qualifying to go back East and, you know, living, make, you know, winning the living the dream package and fishing FLW for a year. And, and then, uh, you know, came back after fishing the tour and, you know, I, I learned a lot over, you know, back East. I learned a lot back there, um, fishing, you know, bass in the bass, but each lake fish, you know, a little differently. Um, you know, there's little, little forks, you know, like clear, Lake, for instance, you know, LB 500 in the spring and the fall is the bait to throw there. You know, each lake was kind of similar to that, um, which they each lake had their little niche, what that, you know, what they, they ate there. But, um, then I came back and I fished, you know, the pro-ams, wild west pro-ams, um, you know, did really well in the pro-ams. And then obviously apex, you know, started what, uh, 2021, mm-hmm. um, fished apex did really well apex with uh very little to no graph at all um, i want to talk about that later but yes okay little no graph um and then i you know fished last year you know fishing apex and last year and then obviously fished a bunch of terms in between you know made a little bit of money won two boats um yeah so i mean it kind of break it down didn't quite take me 10 minutes to kind of break it down but i've been fishing since i was real young you know um as long as i can remember where, where, where are you from? Like, where would you say your home? I mean, where are you from, and what would you consider like your home lake? Citrus Heights, Orndale, Roseville, kind of home area. Mm-hmm. Folsom's my closest lake that I fish, but I'm not. I absolutely hate that lake. <laughs> I like <it laughs> a lot of people do. <laughs> I like it in the spring, but during the summertime, you get a lot of pleasure boaters out there just like everywhere else mm-hmm. but uh you know I, I don't mind fishing in the spring you know and even in the fall but it can definitely be hit or miss on that place so i would say the delta would be my my home body water that i i love to fish okay and when did mm-hmm. you start bass fishing i i know you've got a um a salmon and striper history when did you start bass fishing bass fishing started for me when i was roughly nine or ten years old Oh, um, so you were young. Okay. Um, you know, before that, I mean, I would just, you know, I mean, bass fish, I mean, I don't even remember. I remember going and, and targeting them. I think my first bass I remember catching was accidentally, I was at Camp Far West and I remember my hideous rig. Like I was, I had this, uh, pyramid sinker with like a night crawler with a little, I don't even remember octopus hook on there. And I'm like dragging it around. And I, I, I caught a, my first spotted bass and I was just like, well, that's kind of cool. <laughs> you know, but that, I mean, that was like when I was like six or seven years old. Um, 
and then I got, you know, started to really enjoy it and started, you know, started to really get that itch to, to chase them. And then I, my dad introduced me to this guy named Dave Bettis. Um, Dave Bettis and I go back a long ways. He's the one who got me into bass fishing. Um, he's the, I bought my first boat off him. Um, he's the one who kind of got me into the tournament scene. Right on. So, but I mean, I, tournaments wise, like I said, eight or nine, nine or 10 years old when I started fishing tournaments, now, wise, what, but not, not like fishing a circuit, just fishing like one or two a year. Now, if I remember correctly and, and don't hold this against me if I'm wrong, because we, we don't do a whole lot of research on this show. We just don't. <laughs> We're not that professional. Um, no. <laughs> but I, I do believe it was you that won in the snow, right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, they're like Almanor at Apex. That was yeah. – yeah. So that – that I mean, my memory is still halfway decent. But uh, <laughs> give it five more years, brother. It's not going to be as good as it is now. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> my memory is already shot, though. So. <laughs> well, so, I'm sorry. What were we talking about? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you like you said, you've had some serious success, and I think, I don't know, it seems like you're kind of one of those guys that just flew under the radar. Last year, your name was around everywhere, and I think, was it this year that you kind of kind of took off? Yeah, you know, this year was not as good for me. Um, last year, you know, 2021, it really kicked yeah. off for Apex. You know, obviously, there was a lot of promotion with Apex, and, you know, I did really well. Um, you know, I think, I think every tournament, for the most part, I got a check last year. Um, every tournament that I fished, I don't think there was one tournament last year. I, I didn't, I didn't fish. I didn't get a check. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, last year, I think, I mean, with just apex, I think I won like, I think 33, 32 or 33,000 with apex. That's um, awesome. Savage. You know, but, uh, you know, Ken Ma, he was, he was on fire, you know, yep. every yep. time he won, I was in second. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, I, I do right remember on. that. Yeah. The Aaron Martins of the modern day world. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, Ryan White calls me the John Cox of, of California. <laughs> I, bought, I love that. I bought, yes, I bought my first bass boat ever from Ryan White back in the day. I was like nineteen years old. Well, that was my second bass boat, but my first like big bass boat. And he had just won well, some big pro am on Shasta. He had just won a boat up on Shasta, if I remember. Anyway, that doesn't matter, but. Mm. So I like Ryan a lot. Yeah, no, he was a nice guy. Well, so um, you've talked about you know you, you've obviously had success doing what you're doing. I don't want to get too far into the tournament stuff. I mean, obviously you've had mm-hmm. success doing it. You're a stick. You fish. You you catch fish. And and from what I've seen lately, you're doing a lot more of you know multi multi species if you want to call it that. You're up there catching salmon, doing stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. you know what I do like about, about your Instagram or and the things you do is you just go out there and have fun. It doesn't matter what you're doing. Like you're out and there. That's what, you know, going out and having fun. Yeah, man. And I feel like, I feel like that's that we need to bring that back. Go out and have fun. Go catch some fishing fish. needs to be fun. It needs to be fun. I don't, I don't People understand. forget this is supposed to be fun. Right. And right. so I, take me through your mindset with all of this success. There are guys out there that would kill to have the success you had last year. And now you're like, well, don't really want to do that. I want to focus on fishing. And I, I totally understand what you like from what you said earlier, alluding to what you said earlier. Uh, it's expensive. Like I wasn't able to fish as much. And I've talked to a lot of guys who are m- way more well off than I am 
who said I just didn't fish as much this year. It just was too expensive. And uh-huh. and just regular people, regular people listening to this podcast, I know for a fact can understand that. I know I can. Um, aside from that, is there any other reason why you kind of want to get away from it? You know, I don't know if I really want to go into detail. You know, I, you don't I have to. No, don't. Bit. Definitely don't do anything you're uncomfortable talking no. about. Like we don't want to do that. But I, like, I am a little salty about a few things. Um, you know, just from from the very beginning, from when I started, you know, to the very end. There's just little things that over the over time has just kind of killed it for me. Um, and I don't want to say anything to get you know myself in trouble. You know, you're not you're, with the term. You're you're not you're you're not the only person that has almost said that exact same thing when I've asked them about people we've had on the show, people that that I have not great relationships. I mean, we we talk to people and so we keep in contact with people and we talk to people and and this is not something that I've I've just heard from you. Hmm. The way that you're being vague about it is is the exact same way they are. They're just like, I just probably won't do it next year. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I'll still fish tournaments, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm actually just, I'm looking forward to the snack group next year for some reason. I just want, I can't wait to throw a frog. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I, for sure I'm fishing that one next year, but other than that, I don't know what I'm going to fish, you know, probably just some, you know, events just here and there, you know? Um, but for the most part, I'm just going to go out and have fun and film and try to just, you know, as much as I can, you know, I'm working, I'm, I'm the manager over at Fisherman's Warehouse in Sacramento. So I'm working like five, six days a week. And, uh, it's great because I get to talk fishing to everyone there you know obviously it's a fishing store mm-hmm. so uh it, you know I, I i don't have as much time as i did with my last job and the last job was just i was per dm so i was always just sitting at home until i got the phone call so i had all this time to edit and now i don't have really any time to edit <clears throat> so but well that's and that's really how, how i mean we had you on our list i have a list of people it's just a matter of when's the right time to have them on and what i found is just let this thing ride and you're going to get the right people mm-hmm. on. You're going to get the right people on when when it's their time. And I feel like right. that's worked out really well for us. We've just kind of let this thing ride. You can ask Ryan. We do not put outside of the night that we do it, where I usually edit and I we record and edit. We don't put a whole lot. We just have fun with it. Mm-hmm. Like fishing right. should be fun, right? Well, this well, that's should be fun exactly. And that's yeah. go ahead, bud. I'm sorry. No, I just saying no, that's what it should be all about is having fun. And having a good time, you know, that's, you well, know, that's why. And there's this stigma now to where if you're a good fisherman and you've had like some tournament success, which just like Joel said, but you've obviously had a lot of, a lot of success. If somebody shows up to a tournament and you're there, they're like, oh shit, Austin's here. <laughs> but, but at the same time, I mean, that tournament fishing can, and it does for a lot of people, it did for me back in the day when I fished a lot of tournaments. And that's why I love what I do now. I love the guiding because the tournament fishing, <clears throat> there's a lot of pressure on you, right? And even the days you get to go pre-fish, they're not even that much fun because you have to go find fish, right? When you find right. them, now you got to leave them. Now you got to go find more. And it's like, and you can't really maximize your days on the water until it is that tournament day. And then when that tournament day comes, there's all that pressure. You know, if I don't do well, I'm going to go yep. home upset. If I do do well, you know, unless I win, yep. even with a second place, you're going home kind of upset because you're like, I lost that four pounder that cost me the tournament. Yep. <laughs> and it exactly. and it kind of makes fishing, depending on your mindset, it can make it not fun. And if it becomes where right. it's not fun, then that's when it's time to quit. You know, unless you're doing right. it for a living. Right. You know, even when I fished FLW, I noticed like the first half of the year, I was like, man, this is great. 
I'm traveling all over the place. I'm fishing every day, you know, and I wasn't quite, I mean, I was thinking about being you know, qualifying for next year. So I was just had to get a check every tournament, but towards the end of the season, I'm just like, man, if I don't get a check, like I'm not going to be able to fish next year. There's no way I need to get checked the rest of the season. And, uh, you know, and then I had, I put a lot of pressure on myself to try to catch fish. And at that point it was starting. I mean, this is only my first, first year fishing on tour, you know, and I can't, I can't, you know, imagine being able to you know, do this five, six, seven, ten years, you know, like, and, you know, unless you had the backing, you know, like I was just going to come out of my own pocket and whatever money I won, that's what was going to go back into, you know, entry fees, mm-hmm. you know, um, I don't have a whole lot of sponsors that are, don't get me wrong, I have sponsors that helped me out, but at that time I didn't have the sponsors that were, you know, really helping me. Right. So, um, but yeah, towards the end of the season, I was really stressed about trying to make money. And at that point it was starting to not get, you know, not to be as fun as it was, you know? Um, you know, I, I fished what, eight months. I put 300, 300 hours on my Everett, you know, G2, um, which I had no problems with that. Everett. I'm, I know a lot of guys love or hate those things. And I, honestly kind of liked it you know i never had a single problem but i'm kind of upset that they went under you know they they backed out yeah i'm making motors but i know a lot of people hated those things <laughs> well just to continue i because i was i was uh, rambling a bit and ryan helped me out on that one but really what i was getting to is when, with the podcast when it comes to guys like you sometimes it, it like you're on the radar and then we get caught up with you know if there's a tournament and someone wins and we want to get that person on to talk about it and after talking right. to some people it's like half of our people are really into tournament fishing that listen and half of them really don't care they don't want yeah. they don't really care about that and so it's one of those things where i just kind of let it float and anthony like i said anthony you work with anthony right over at fisherman's yep. and, yep. and i talk i've talked to him for a few months now like i mean he's mm-hmm. he's been a, a big supporter of the, of the podcast and he hit me up a couple of times he's like Austin's ready to do it, man. You need to get on it. And so I was like, you know what? It's time. If if Anthony's going to say, let's come on, like bring him on. And yeah. honestly, it's it's it's. And I was talking to somebody. I was talking to somebody two nights ago, who's a stick, really really good angler. And like he's like, dude, I listen to every one. And I'm like, what? Like really? Because if you think of, like when I thought about it two years ago starting this thing, I did not think that was going to be the case. Like it was just like. Right middle of COVID, like who cares, right? But like getting Ryan on and stuff like this, it's like, it's really cool to, to have guys like guys like Anthony hit me up and then I hit you up and it's like, it happens within a week. The fishing community locally is a very, very tight knit community. And it, it's, it's, it's pretty awesome how everybody knows everybody. And yeah, for good, for good, yeah. or, for good or bad, right? Awesome. For good or bad. Good or bad. <laughs> we're we're going to focus on the good. We're going to focus on the good. Yeah. Yes, always focus on the good. So, in these tournaments you fish, if anybody watches your if anybody watches your YouTube channel or or knows you, you like to sleep in the pickup. This is your deal, right? <laughs> I love it. Yeah, <laughs> I sleep in the pickup. Let's talk about your. I want to talk about your typical weekend. Like, how do you do this? How do you set this up? Do you have some special setup? Do you just sleep in your camper shell? Like, what's your whole camping deal when you're fishing a tournament? You know, like for the most part, setup. yeah. So like the setup, I don't really have, so I don't have a camper shell. I don't have a bed really set up in my camper shell. Like some of the, some other, like, I guess as a travel or do YouTube, I just have an air mattress, throw my air mattress in there, throw my sleeping bag on the air mattress, have a ice chest. So for all my, my drinks and stuff and all my food, um, have a generator for charge my boat. 
Um, obviously have an extra gas can to fill my generator. Um, and then all my cooking utensils, you know, to be able to stay right there at the ramp for the most part. Um, don't get me wrong. I did have a few opportunities this year to, you know, stay in a, stay in a house. Um, but for the most part, I like, I like to sleep in the truck. I like to sleep right there on the water, you know, close to the ramp, you know, kind of makes me think about, I know there's a lot of guys that have like a traveling group and they, you know, they use each other like to kind of bounce ideas off each mm-hmm. other. Um, you know, and I had that too, you know, uh, you know, Ryan White, White was one of them, Thomas Kamamoto, uh, Tony Franceschi, you know, we all kind of like talk and kind of bounce ideas off each other. Um, you know, there's a, a handful of guys that do that, but for the most part, like I like to sleep in, the, in my cab, I like sleep in the truck. Um, if it's cool enough, I'll sleep on the boat. Um, I'll sleep on the floorboard, yes. you know, I like to stretch <laughs> well, my boat out, stretch my feet out in the boat and sleep outside. So, you know, I, so cool. I, I got a question from someone who actually does enjoy this very much and finally got my own truck after 15 years of running beaters. I got a decent truck with a, with a, with a camper shell on the back. Now it's a, mm-hmm. you can't find a six and a half foot bed anymore, unfortunately in this country. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't really do me a whole lot of good at six, three with the five and a half foot yeah. bed. Yeah. But I can figure something out, but I mean, yeah, you have to sleep at an angle. You have to but. sleep at an angle. Yes. No, I've, I've tried to, guys are like, you just got to sleep at an angle. It's like, okay, it's, I'm yeah, still, but it's not the same. It's it's not the same, right? So it's like I gotta leave my tailgate open. I gotta put a tarp over the top if there's gonna if it's gonna rain. Like, but I yeah. can figure it out. I'm stoked on it. I'm still really stoked on it. Um, mm-hmm. But campsites get loud. So so what you do is you go to the ramp. You just do it on the ramp. Yep. Mm-hmm. And most fun, yeah, right at the ramp. Attitude. That's where I say. See, that's that's, that's um, the deal. You know, um, I never really. So I'm trying to think back to all our tournaments. You know, where nothing's been really loud in this thing. And back this last year, we had Mojave. Um, you know, my wife came with me, so I actually got a hotel because she, you know, I wanted to be comfortable for her, you know. Um, so I got a hotel there. But the next event was, shoot, where was the next event? Trinity. Um, I pre-practiced. I slept in my truck and pre-practiced. But then I got an invite with Tony and Thomas and Ryan um, to stay at a stay at a house and the house was beautiful. It was like 20 minutes from the lake. Um, and the next one was Arlington up there on the Columbia river. And I just stayed right there at the ramp. You know, the gas station was literally a minute and a half away. I just go to the gas station, fill up. And then I would just right back to the ramp and it was pretty quiet. You know, there was no, no one bothering me there. Had actually had showers. It was great. You know, had warm showers that were, that were free. And, uh, I just go over there and take a shower. And then the last one was down in SoCal and, I camped out there. I got a little campsite and slept in the back. So we'll actually slept. We got a tent and my wife came with me down there and we slept in the tent down there in SoCal fishing, um, El Cap. And, uh, what's the other one? There's another one, but the, yeah, the only lake that I El Cap, but, um, year before yeah, I just slept in the truck, man. I mean, I don't really like to, like you said, you know, get a house, but if I'm right there on the water, it's the, the best. Yeah, I love that dude. <laughs> that, so because it's the way I think. That's awesome. Let's talk about Trinity. When you went up, because I, I watched that, <clears throat> I watched your YouTube video on Trinity, mm-hmm. and I was, I was super impressed for many reasons. Was that your first time ever fishing Trinity? So it was. So I went up there in pre-practice a month before when they when we were allowed to. So they, uh, we went. I went up there and I my practice was horrible. I think I only caught one fish over like four pounds. You know, it was just super cold. This, the weather was super inconsistent. 
you know, so I never really caught, caught him. But, yeah, the tournament-wise, that was the first time I actually kind of broke it down. I mean, obviously I got to see the lake, you know, in pre-practice a month ahead of time. But, you know, I, you know, I just kind of figured out where I'd like – because Google Maps only does so much. You can see stuff on Google Maps and, like, oh, that looks good. But once you get there in person, it looks totally different. Right. You know, for the most part. So um, I would say, no, it was not my first time because I did go up there and practice a little bit. But you so. had not had experience on the lake. No. Went up there, had a great tournament, um, catching a lot of smallmouth. Mm-hmm. I, I know you found some bedding smallmouth. That was super cool. Um, the main bait you were throwing, is that something mm-hmm. you're willing to talk about or would you rather not? No, I can talk about it. It's okay, because that's not something you see a lot of guys throw. That's something that um, that kind of originated back east, down south. <clears throat> um Old Tommy Biffle, right? Yep. And so like you're throwing a wobble head with with I, I don't know the exact bait. I, I thought it was it looked like one of those like strike king baits. I don't know what it was exactly. So I'd mix it up. I had I okay. had the Yamoto Cowboy okay. and Green Pumpkin and Green and Purple Flake. And then I was throwing the uh Strike King Menace Grub. Like the Menace Grub, one. yes. Yeah. And, and where I are you throwing the, that on? Well, like, what's that apparatus called for those that don't know of it? Uh, the menace grub, or like just the the jig head, and, or just the wobble head in general. It, it's just a wobble head, right? Just a wobble head. So what it is is pretty much a football head, and the hook is free swinging on on this head. And when you rig up the bait, you want to keep a gap in between the head of the bait. So it's all free swinging. You don't want it tight against the. You don't want it flush up against the head. So when you're when you're reeling it, that bait just most times it's just right behind the bit, you know, right behind the bait, not doing much. Um, but you're pretty much fishing like a crankbait, you know, throwing it out. I throw it out to like 10 to 15 foot, let it hit bottom. Then I'm creeping it uphill. I'm fishing my boats in like zero to five, you know, cause a lot of times, like I said, I don't you know, like to use my grass, right. you know? Um, but it's just one of those baits that I think cause when I was up there in pre-practice, I found this giant crawdad claw. I mean, it was the, the size of my palm. You know, I'm like, gosh, this is a freaking lobster. <laughs> you know, I have it, I have it somewhere around here. Uh, it's probably with one of my trophies. But um, I kept it around because I thought that I, this is the biggest crawdad claw I've ever seen, you know. So uh, I decided to throw that either cowboy, you know, Yamoto cowboy or that, that menace grub, that bigger of a size, um, just because I, I just thought the bait was big. You know, obviously they're eating kokanee and rainbows, but I, I thought springtime, the fish are moving up. You know, they want crawdads too. And what size wobble head is that that you're throwing? Is that a half ounce, three quarter? Yeah, half ounce. Half ounce. Um, and so I, I've seen a lot of guys fish that wobble head out here. And I think, and I'll be honest, I, I, I don't throw it. I, I've bought some, I've thrown it a little bit, but I, I don't throw it much. I have not added it to my arsenal. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to rethink that after watching your video and how well you did on that thing. But so talking to people about how you fish that thing, because this is something new. Not many guys throw this, or if they do, they don't talk about it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, what's your setup for throwing that? And then what's your thought process on, because it's not a crankbait, right? It doesn't have treble hooks. No. They no. have to eat this thing. Do you let them kind of load it up before you swing? Do you swing as soon as you feel a bite? Like, what's your thought process on that wall? So, a lot of times, it's almost like, like you're reeling along, and all of a sudden you'll lose contact with it. Okay. And like, it's having, they're swimming towards you. 
and you wait for those fish to kind of load up, like start to turn. And as soon as that rod starts to load up, I crack them. I'm using 17 pound test fluorocarbon, you know, mm-hmm. feline tactical fluorocarbon is what I'm using. I'm using a, a seven, seven, eight, or a, I have a, I had two rods. I was using uh, seven, seven, one, uh, medium, medium mm-hmm. heavy. That's a medium heavy rod. And then my seven, eight is uh, the same. It's like medium heavy. Um, and I'm just, like I said, 17 pound test straight. And I use a pretty, you know, that's the heavy rod. Cause you want to jack, when you jack them, you have that, that big gap of a hook and that wobble head. You want to penetrate those fish's face. Um, but trying to think what, anything else special about that, you know, not is that seven one. Is that a bait age. that you fish out deeper at all? You know, it's not because you want to keep it pretty shallow because you want to keep contact. You want to pretty much reel that bait as fast as you can by keeping contact on the bottom. Like where it's just skipping along. Yeah. I mean, if you're fishing super deep water, it's that bow in your line is kind of pulling your bait off the bottom. So you pretty pretty much want to keep it pretty shallow. You know, like I said, I was fishing 15 to, you know, 15 to zero, uh, fishing uphill for the most part, you know, parallel in the bank. And, um, you know, as long as my bait was, t- you, like I said, as fast as you can, as long as you keep in contact with the bottom. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, like fun- it's funny you mentioned that because I was talking to somebody about this two nights ago when I was doing some rigging. And Art, Art Nubarian is the first one who, who brought this one up to me from Spearpoint. And he's like, dude, and he kind of walked me through it. And so I have one. And it's funny you mentioned that. I was like, I have it rigged, and it, but I don't have any plastics on it. When you say the menace bug, like, I've got a bunch of those because I love that bait. Yeah. And it's on. It's great. Yeah. Great bait. And another another way that, I mean, a lot of, like I said, when they're eating that bait, a lot of times, you know, like I said, they, they grab it and swim off to you. And then there's other times where they would stump it pretty good, you know, almost like a jig bite, you know. <laughs> um, and that's kind of, there's a couple of times where like some of the, one of the bigger ones I caught was like almost, I think six pounder or whatnot. I threw it up in a gut. Cause this little pocket, I couldn't really parallel the bank. So I came, came around this corner. I fired up in the gut and it was pretty much like a jig bite kind of reeling it. And then obviously lost contact with the bottom. So I let it fall, hit the bottom. And, and when it was falling, that fish just, <laughs> that just classic jig, jig bite and I'm cracking that fish. And I had that cowboy on it, big old gut on that fish. Mm-hmm. You know, I was on the YouTube channel for sure. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, that's, it's one of those baits. That's the only place I really threw it. You know, just set up to where, because you can't really throw it, and you could throw it at Berryessa, you know. Um, there's a lot of grass at Berryessa. Clear Lake, you can fish it at Clear Lake for sure, get in, you know, in between the grass line and the bank and fish it pretty fast. Um, and I think every spotted bass lake, I think you could definitely fish it. I have not fished it yet in some of the spotted bass lakes. You know, well, sometimes when you get that feeling, you know, when I was, at, when I was there at Trinity, I just had a weird feeling that, you know, they would eat that bait. Um, it's a weird feeling. I get, you know, some, some fishermen just get that feeling like this could work, you know? And, and, and I had that weird feeling like they're going to eat that bait. I did catch a couple small ones in pre-practice on it, but I, I think personally it's a, I know a lot of guys throw it in the summertime, you know, cause that, the fish are metabolisms are super fast. Um, and they want a bait that's moving super quick on the bottom, um, for the most part. But I was thinking of the, in the springtime, these fish are moving to the bank to spawn. And so they're getting aggressive, um, and I, I wanted to cover as much water as fast as I could and imitate a crawdad. I know a lot of guys are – I just wanted to do something different. I knew a lot of guys were throwing swim baits, 
you know, and to, you know, don't get me wrong, I love to throw a swim bait. That's one of my favorite ways to catch them. But I wanted to do something a little different than everyone else, you know. Um, and I thought that wobblehead could do, could do the trick. Well, and you it know, paid I off for you. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So in that tournament, what would you say the percentage of of smallmouth to largemouth was that you weighed in? Um, shoot, I would say I caught a lot more smallmouth on it. I don't know the percentage wise. Um, man, I probably probably eighty percent smallmouth no your math has to be perfect on this show oh god 82.7 80 sorry 82.3 there you go perfect i was close i don't know i want to say pretty close to 80 percent was was smallmouth that's impressive yeah yeah. and we don't we don't talk about that place a lot for for reasons right but Mm -hmm. (laughs) but i mean i freaking in you know obviously apex we film there my YouTube channel. There's a lot of guys that are pretty pissed about about that. But then again, you got to think about gas prices. You know, it's a four hour drive. People aren't going to go for one day. You know, I'm not going to. I haven't been back since that tournament. Why? Well, you know, I go up there for a day. You can't do that for a day. You know, you have to have multiple days. And a lot of people have kids and jobs and stuff like that. They just can't just go do it. You know. So in reality, I don't think it really hurt. Well, I, t- I talk to guys that kind of live real, real close, and it's like their water they fish a lot. And yeah. they, they honestly, well, it's the one person that I've talked to. Right, I've talked to one guy that's up there, and he fishes a lot, and he's he's he does really well up there. Like that's his that's mm-hmm. his place. And from what he said, he's like, I, I I don't really care if they know about it because, like, exactly like you said, and I've talked to a lot of people about this. It's it's such a long drive, and then even if you do get up in that area, the drive up to that lake. It's not easy. It's not like no. it's not like you're just gonna roll up, you know, I five and then you're you're there. No, you're gonna then get onto a mountain road and go up. And it's not yeah. an easy thing. It's kind of out of the way. It's like you you gotta be pretty dedicated to do it. And so I I haven't just like I said, the one or two people that I've talked to aren't weren't really that worried about it. So Yeah. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I'm, I'm not too worried about. It. I I don't know if I ever. I mean, I'll probably go back sometime, some you know, sometime in my life. But I got no plans to go anytime soon. To be honest, you know, I'd rather go to the Delta and flip maps, or yeah, you know, go throw a some of our lakes. You know, just because it's close. I mean, it's convenient. You know, so well, it's like it is up here in our motherload area. You know, I mean, we have such great fisheries. It's like I I I haven't even fished in a lot of the great fisheries we have in California because it's just everything's close right here. Where am I going to go anywhere? You know? Right. Right. Exactly. <clears throat> well, and you kind of alluded to something else I wanted to talk about Austin, which is you being a quote unquote content creator. So mm-hmm. this, this here podcast, um, we don't do a whole lot on social media. Of course we post, we post the podcast when I get around to it. There's still other ones. Like I haven't really, really good about that on social media. The podcast kind of stands alone. Like it is what it is. If you like it, you like it. I don't have to go. I'm not out. We're not out searching for more people across the country to listen to it. It's for the right. people that are here locally. If you know about it, great. If you don't, I, I don't know. You know. Yeah. So what? What is your? What is your approach to your YouTube channel? Like, what do you really? When you go. Every time to go, you go fishing to go fishing, but you record it. What is your mm-hmm. goal when you publish that thing, and what do you want people to get out of it? So you know, when I was a little bit younger, I had I had some really phenomenal days. 
you know, out fishing. And, you know, it just all, it would all be like, what? I should start filming my trips and, and start editing. I'm not really, I don't know. I'm just editing it to edit it. And just, I'm just trying to go fishing. You know, I get, that's one thing I was telling you guys earlier in the podcast was I don't sit down and break down my techniques and exactly what I'm fishing and that I just, I just go fishing and I edit my day. Um, you know, I was posting once a week and now it's like once a month just because of, you know, work and whatnot. Um, you know, I'm not, I don't know what I'm trying to get out of it. You know, I just, you know, I, I like editing, you know, I'm like, I'm not the greatest at it. I don't think I'm the greatest at it. I definitely, um, you know, I'm not computer savvy at all. You know, I, I, my buddy Rodney, um, pretty much taught me how to kind of edit and I kind of just took it from there and, and whatnot. I kind of messed around with a little bit, but you know, I don't know what I'm trying to get out of this. You know, I just, I just like to film and kind of show my day and, you know, and if it helps people catch fish, I'm all about it. You know, I want people to catch fish, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and I don't really fish the same spot, you know, frequently. So it's like, you know, I'll be bass fishing one day. Well, the next weekend I'll probably go up to, you know, go salmon fishing, you know, or striper fishing. I'm always doing something, something different for the most part, you know? So, um, I usually don't visit those areas, you know, not for, you know, not for a while anyway. So if people, I mean, I'm not trying to blow up spots, but I mean, I, I mean, nowadays I feel like there's nothing that's a, a secret, you know, everything, everyone knows everything, everyone knows everywhere you're fishing, you know? So at, at, for a long time, I used to get really mad about, you know, people filming and taking pictures and, you know, the background and I've kind of evolved, <laughs> just got, you know, got over it. You know, it is what it is. I, I, just don't, I don't really care anymore. You know, I'm just going to film. And, uh, you know, I, I spent a lot of time on the water, you know, over the years. And, and a lot of it is just putting down, putting the troll motor down, just fishing, mm-hmm. you know, and that's kind of how you learn, you know. But if you answer your question, I don't know what I'm going to try to get out of, out of the whole filming and editing and all that. You know, I just want to give, you know, for myself to look back on on videos and then give some, you know, people to watch. And that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, it really, it, and it's cool that you you were able to to realize, hey, look, like YouTube has been around for how long? I, I graduated yeah. college and it just came out in two thousand nine. What what year mm-hmm. are we in now? Like, I'm sorry, dude, this, it's been out for a long time. Guys have been yeah. fishing and using it for a long time. If your spot gets, I mean, that that's part of it because, dude, there's yeah. cameras everywhere. Yeah, and well, if you're a guy that gets hung up on fishing spots. You're gonna get burnt anyway. Like you learn how to run a pattern. You know, screw the spot. Exactly, exactly. Especially with the delta. I mean, things the delta's changing so much. Is where they're spraying grass. You know, it grows differently every year. You know, there might be a, a general idea, a different a slew that might be good. You know, and the grass might grow a hundred yards down the bank instead of you know where, where you caught them last year. And you but you got to figure that out. You know, you got to put the troll motor down and just fish. You know, or that slew just might be toast for the whole year. You know, it just depends on how much, you know, they actually sprayed down there and, you know, the water, just how much water flow you have in certain areas, you know. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm just over, you know, over that. You know, I just filmed this, <laughs> just filmed the video up north and I uh, had three guys that, uh, different different boats that were not happy about the, <laughs> about the camera. Yeah. And I'm just like, why does it matter? Like, you guys are all guys. Like, so you're i'm pretty much taking money out of your mouth you know you're out of your pocketbook you know because if people want to book a trip they're going to call a guide they're going to spend go up there they're going to spend money on 
gas, hotels, you know, a guide and all that. And, and you don't want me to, I guess, I don't know, I guess they just want it themselves. But then again, you're still, you're making a living at it, you know? So why wouldn't you want the publicity to get you more money? You know, I just can't wrap my head around it. You there's, know, like, there's, there's different ways to look at this. And I think this is really, this is an interesting conversation to have. Didn't think we'd have this conversation really, but what you're talking about is true. Like a lot of the guys that are going out with guides, I would say half of them don't have a boat. Mm-hmm. So get, even getting to those places, they're not going to be able to get. And then maybe even if they do, I mean, how long before a guy with a boat just goes along and is like, oh, I know that guide and where he's fishing. It's like right. this. It, it, it ends up being like a self-fulfilling pr- prophecy kind of right. like it's going to mm-hmm. happen. Sorry, yeah. it's just going to happen. The word's going right. to get out. And I think it's really cool now because like you got to go out there and find your own water. Every year. Yeah. Every year. Yep. I mean, for the lakes, for the most part, you know, obviously a lot of our lakes are fluctuating. Obviously, we're in a drought, so our lakes are super low. You know, they haven't been this low since, I mean, it's been a few years, you know. Um, it's been eight years. I, yeah. See, and it's a new lake for the most part. You know, next year, I mean, who knows? We might get a bunch of rain this year. And then all those spots that, you, you know, you fish are underwater, <laughs> 100 foot, 200 foot, you know, underwater. So right. it's just it's going to be a different lake, you know, every year is a little bit different. I talked to a guy up at Don Pedro the other day and he's like, I'm talking to him about throwing a jig and he's like, all my jig spots, all my jig spots. And I'm doing quotation marks right now are out of water. And I'm like, what do you mean? Your jig spots are out of water. He's like, well, I'm catching them on a shaky head over here. And I'm like, then throw the jig over there. Yeah. It, like if you want to catch jig fish and they're eating baits on the bottom, go throw a jig. Right. Like, mm-hmm these guys get stuck in their head. Well, I throw a spook on this spot. This is my jig spot. And it's like, they're just looking at this completely ass backwards. It's not even close. They don't even get yep. it, you know? And that's yep. where I, I try to preach. And I have since Joel started this podcast and I was just a guest on here. You have to figure out a pattern. You have to understand how to run a pattern. Exactly. And a lot of people don't understand that. You know, I mean, I get it. There's a lot of people that work six days a week or five days a week and they only have one day to fish. You know, so it takes them a long time to be able to break down a lake or just, you know, fit. And weekly, sometimes it's changing weekly, you know, and that's where I've been very fortunate as a, you know, when I was a kid, I was able to fish a lot. And I really, you know, was able to grasp, you know, certain things, you know, and just be able to, you know, figure out a pattern pretty quickly and, and run it. And I see, th- this this is where, and Ryan's absolutely correct. It's, And I've been sitting here for two years almost now, Austin, listening to him and listening to all of some of the best dudes in California talk about fishing, and you nailed, you nailed it on the head. I got one day. A couple years ago, I was going once every other week to the muddle load. Now I haven't not been up there. I think I've been up there once this year. Mm-hmm. If I go up there, it's like, well, I, I can't fish history because it, what, what is it? I don't have any spots, right? So right. that's kind of refreshing because I can just go up there and just be like, well, whatever the hell happens, happens. You know, like mm-hmm. I'll just go up there and go fishing because I don't have the time to, to do that. And a lot of guys that that we're talking about here maybe don't have that much time. Maybe they can get up there once a month. And, right. And so, and that's really why we started the damn podcast is like trying to help people break it down and realize you do need to have these days out there. You do need to figure it out. You cannot fish. Mm-hmm. You cannot fish a, a memory. 
But one thing that guys need to realize, not to interrupt you, Joel, and I'm sorry, but I've got to say this or I'm going to forget. You can establish a pattern within a couple of hours and fish it for the full day. Yes. You don't have to have a bunch of days on the water to figure out a pattern. You can figure it out very quickly. There's hope. There's hope. (laughs) Yep. And one thing that you talked about, Austin, that I, dude, I just, this is one thing I told Joel ahead of time that I wanted to talk about. This is one thing that I've always, I, 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 I love about you is you're not the guy out there with the big fancy boat and all the fancy graphs, you know, a, a $120,000 rig. That's not your gig. Well, Yet you still go out there. You're competitive. <clears throat> competitive is an understatement. And you said, I put the trolling motor down and I just fish. You mentioned, and this is one thing that, oh, I just, I, I love, because the best season I ever had fishing tournaments was out of the crappiest boat I ever owned. I had one little shitty hummingbird on the console, not even up front with me. And and we're in an age where if you don't have forward-facing sonar, that you just can't compete, right? Yeah. And sometimes that's the case. But talk to them about how you approach that and it it just blows my mind how good you are without that. And I and I think a lot of guys are looking at this as this is a sport that you can only do well at if you can buy your way into it. And you've proven that's not the case. Can we talk about that? Yeah, 100%. So I, I believe there are fish, you know, 365 days a year, they, are, they live shallow. I will fish zero to five foot year round. Um, and I, I just, man, it, it's kind of tough because like the springtime, these fish are going to the bank. You know, like they're going to the bank. So I, that's where I'm fishing. It might be later in the day, you know, when that water starts to warm up. You know, but you know, I'm starting off from, you know, sun, you know, when the sun comes up, the sun comes down and I'm staying shallow for the most part. Now, is that the way to go? You know, probably not, <laughs> but it's worked for me over the years, you know, and eventually at some point during the day, those fish are going to be there and I'm going to run into them. And now it could be on transition baits. It could be from, you know, sand moving into gravel or sand, you know, maybe chunk rock moving into, you know, gravel or whatnot, or maybe they're in the, or they're on a creek channel you know, or the, if a place has grass, maybe they start to hold on coontail. Um, if there's log, you know, stumps in the water, obviously stumps in the springtime that create heat, and those fish will, will gravitate to to those stumps. You know, because it's a little bit warmer, especially with those big females are trying to incubate those eggs. You know, so they'll, they'll hold on to a stump. You know, so um, yeah. Now in the fall, I, I think it's almost necessary um, unless you're throwing a spook. You know, if you're going down the bank, you're throwing fishing bluff walls and you're fishing shade lines, you know, I don't, you don't need live scope. You're just going the bank, going down the bank, maybe just hitting every spot that has a shade line or a little pocket or a bluff wall that has a little bit of shade on it. Um, you know, this year and now it's getting cold. We went like, it seemed like we went to summer straight to winter. It got cold. That's exactly what happened. That's exactly what happened. I mm-hmm. just made a post about that. Yep. Exactly. And, and I don't, and this would be hard. I would probably get my butt kicked a quite a, quite a bit this time of year because those fish, that 20 to 30 foot mark is where a lot of those fish are at. And if you can't follow them with the live scope, you know, you're, I'm going to, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping, right. Uh, uh, Jordan Lee said, if you're not scoping, you're hoping a lot of times I'm hoping to get a bite. I'm running a lot more water. <laughs> I'm running a lot more water than a lot of these guys, you know, just to try to figure this, this fish, the fish out. Um, but regardless, I'm fishing little transitions, you know, I'll just, I'll focus on the, on the bank, 
and I'm, I'm hoping the banks, tr- you know, transition down into the water. You know, I'll look for that chunk rock or that, that transition from, you know, gravel, gravel to chunk rock, you know, that, just that little difference. And, you know, that's kind of what I do, you know, going down the bank, especially fishing spotted bass lakes. You know, when there's grass like Berryessa or the Delta or Clear Lake, you know, it's a little, I mean, obviously all those lakes fish totally different for the most part, you know. Um, you know, LB for the most of our, you know, obviously Clear Lake, but it also works on Berryessa. And if I can find the crisp, health, healthy grass like coontail, I'm, I'm trying to, and, and with the LB, you know, I pull into a pocket and obviously it's kind of hard to see because you don't have the, I don't have the forward facing sonar. I'm using that LB in that pocket. I'm making a fan cast make a, a bunch of casts in that pocket until I hit grass. And that grass is buoyant. Uh, if you cut it with the trap, that grass will float. And then you can get a visual on what that grass looks like. You can tell if it's coontail or, 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 or just the regular, like, angel hair grass that grows in that lake. Um, and once you find that, a lot of times the, the bluegill and the crappie will hold on to that. And, or the shad. The shad stay on the outside edge. But, uh, you know, last year I fished the TOC at Berryessa. And it was roughly this time of year, and I was throwing a trap, and I pulled into a pocket, and I, I fished that whole pocket until I found that coontail. As soon as I found that coontail, the, the fish were loaded. Um, and, you know, be able to make a lot of – like, LB for me I, I, is my bread and butter. If I can fish that LB on Berryessa or Clear Lake, it, that's how I'm going to catch him. Um, and I can cover a bunch of water with that thing because it sinks so fast, and I'm using a 7 to 3 – you know, 7 to 3 – the one gear ratio reel and i'm just like burning down the bank until i find that grass um and i'm just fishing out in the middle of the pockets or just flats until there'll be those little clumps and you obviously you won't be able to see it you know until it starts floating to the surface because you cut it with your lv you know if i had forward facing sonar you can see that grass line it would be a little bit easier to see but um i mean i don't know like i said i fish pretty shallow year round and uh how do i break it down i like i said experience on the water um i've been very like i said very fortunate to be able to spend all that time in the water to kind of understand how everything breaks down and when you're fishing that lv because I, I i did watch that i watched i believe it was your youtube video of you on Berryessa, and you were fishing that mm-hmm. lipless yep and a, a lot of people pick up a lipless and they just fish it like a crankbait right they chuck and wine they chuck and wine right. and you have a very and a, a lot of people know to yo-yo a trap or an LV. The way uh-huh. you do it is a little different. You've kind of got that thing like, like it's the rod handles buried in your gut. You're kind of do it or like, like it's up in your chest almost. Yeah. The way you fish it is very different. Can you kind of describe that to people who haven't seen that video? Because um, I'll tell you what, the way I watched you fish that has actually changed the way that I fish it. And it's, it's, it's become something that I have a lot of confidence in now. So I got I got to give a huge shout out to my buddy Jackson Jackson Juarez. He showed me this bait like 12 years ago, and since then I've really dialed it in to be able to fish it the way I do. You know, obviously 10 you know, fishing it that bait 12 years on Clear Lake or Berryessa. Like I've really dialed in the rod, the line, and what I like to do and what I've fished. I use a pretty stiff rod. You know, um, I use a seven eight four power. Um, if anyone knows. You know, the Dobbins, is actually, I shouldn't even bring up this guy's name, but it was the Mike Longrod 
from Dobbins. Ah, um, you're already oh. you're canceled, bro. Your whole that's your it. whole. All right, that's hey, it. It's been a great chat. Up, we're gonna, yeah. we're gonna get out of here. Oh, and uh, everyone's gonna, everyone's gonna be hitting up your YouTube channel now. Hit him up in the comments. This guy. Oh, God, <laughs> I knew it. I knew this was gonna happen. So a good rod's a good rod. Obviously, that rod, that name's been wiped off that rod, you know, thank God. But it's just, I believe it's 784. I'm actually in my garage right now. I can look at it. Um, seven, seven. What is it? Seven, yeah, 784 um, is what I use. And it's actually a really good jig rod. But um, just going to say that. That's a damn good jig rod. A really good jig rod. But that's my LV rod. It's a little stiff. But when I get around the grass, I can, I'm able to rip it through that grass. If I had any softer of a rod, it would be really tough to rip it through that grass. And so a lot of times, like I have, so I'm using, I use 30-pound braids to Austin, a 17-pound lead. I'm sorry, Austin. Before you get, can you talk about ripping through the grass? Because I think a lot of guys get confused when it, you talk about ripping through the grass. This mm-hmm. isn't pulling it through the grass because you're just going to get no. shit all over your, talk about why the rod power you have is important for ripping it as opposed to pulling it through the grass. So pulling it through the grass, a lot of times your bait, it won't, it won't clean that, that grass off your trap. Um, and if you have a soft rod, it would be, make it really difficult to rip that grass. So if you have the stiff rod, it's easier, but your problem is when you do hook a fish, you have to baby that fish because a lot of times they're, they're barely hooked. You know, and, and so with the stiffer rod, they can pull that, that trouble look out of their face, you know, you know, out of their mouth a little bit easier than if you had a softer rod. Um, you know, they, they start to head shake and that, that, that bait's barely hooked in their mouth and obviously it's going to rip out. Um, but I don't know if I should even talk about trouble looks and, and, and I'm using a Mike Long rod. I mean, I'm going to get <laughs> trouble. Let's talk about it. <laughs> God. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, I, use that stiffer rod to really rip through that grass. And, and I'm pretty much like, it looks like I'm setting the hook sometimes. When I feel that grass kind of load up on my rod, I'm really popping that rod, really ripping that rod, like almost like I'm setting the hook on that on that grass because I'm trying to rip it clean. And a lot of times when you rip it clean, those fish are sitting in that grass and they'll eat it because it's like balled up and all of a sudden it comes free and those fish will, will smoke it most of the time. If you're around them, they'll smoke it. But a lot of times I'll have the rod. I have it's weird how I have it. So like I have my rod, my hand on my reel, and then I'll have my other other hand like on the, the I guess the bottom portion of the rod, and I'm feeling feeling that trap vibrate through the water. And when I when it falls, I don't I don't drop my rod tip down to keep cre- create slack in my line. I kind of like keep tension on that line when that bait's falling. Because when yeah, a fish bites, kind of pin comes down. Exactly, um, and I want to be on. You know, that's just how I've had the most success, success over the years is when that bait's pendulum down. Um, it, it, it really creates a bad position for me when I go to set the hook. I am way out of <laughs> way out of line, way out of you know, just not in the right position to set the hook. But with that longer rod, the seven eight, I'm able to the little bit of, you know, rod length I have, I'm a little, I can set the hook and get that, that, you know, bait, those hooks penetrated into the fish's face. That's another thing with that stiffer rod. If you had a soft rod, you wouldn't be able to penetrate that, that fish's face. There's all little, little things that I like to do that I've had, you know, over the years that I've kind of dialed it in. 
you know, everyone's a little different. You know, I, I know guys that use straight fluorocarbon, um, you know, and a softer rod and they've done, they've made a lot of money at it as well. So, um, this is the way I like to fish it. Um, it's kind of hard. You know, I, I had Tony was just asking me, he's like, man, you guys, you gotta show me how to throw the LV, you know? And it's like, we got to, we just got to go fishing. I got to show you how I do it. You know, it's kind of hard to explain. Um, you know, once I get in the, in the mode of throwing that bait, I really get just dialed in to what I'm just thinking about what exactly what I'm feeling down on the bottom. Cause that, that, that bait and that, you know, the bait is vibrating a lot. And when it's sinking, I'm able to feel through that braid. I can feel everything that's going on. Even if I bump the fish or if it's a piece of grass, you know, when you get on clear, like you got this time of year, those fish get really schooled up and you can almost feel those fish sometimes when you're coming through and they get pissed off or whatever, and they get they just eat it. Unless you're around a lot of fish, but um, every once in a while, I'll bump a fish, and on my neck yo-yo, boink, I get bit. And you were talking about the setup you throw that on as far as the line, and you were talking 30-pound braid to 17-pound fluorocarbon leader? Yeah. That's How long use. of a leader are you throwing on that, typically? I like uh, roughly seven foot. So I like, I don't like my knot. My, you know, from my braid to my leader, I don't like my knot going into my spool. I like okay. it just on the outside of it. Yep. So right. now I'll leave like two or three inches from the tip to make the cast. So whatever that is, seven foot, it was at seven, eight. So roughly seven. Yeah. Seven. Yeah. A six, seven foot leader is going to do you just fine. Yeah. Perfect. Now I got one more question because I am big on this. A lot of guys aren't, and that's fine. But do you change out your treble hooks? 100%. Attaboy. 100%. When I'm practicing or I'm just fun fishing, a lot of times I don't. But over the years, I've changed all my hooks out, you know, for the most part, and I don't even run stock hooks. But I use Yamagatsu, EWGs. I use a size 2 on the front and a size 4 on the back. And that oh, is Which man. means you upsize one size from what comes stock. Isn't it? I thought it was 2 on the front and then 4 on the back. I think it comes stock with a 4 and a 6. Maybe it is four and a six. I, I, I could be wrong on that, but that's it's that's exactly way, what whatever, I've changed them to. Yes, a, a two and so a whatever. Okay, that's what it is, or a four and a six, whatever it is on that bait. Um, I I put the same size hooks on that bait. So the front end, the front of the bait, I put the bigger hook. The back end has a smaller hook. So I replace it with a smaller hook. And the reason is just like Mega Bass, you know, with their with their jerk face. Now it could. I know a lot of guys use the same size hook on both sides, but in my in my opinion, it, it might throw the bait off a little bit. And I want that bait. It's made for the you know, it's made one way, and I want it to fish the exact way it's made. Yeah, you know, kind of like Mega Bass Vision One Ten. They have those hooks on it for a reason. You know that those hooks are are balanced for that hook. You put a different hook on that bait, it's going to run totally different. Now LV is a little bit different than that, but I want my bait running the way it came out of the package because mm-hmm. they designed it like that for yeah. a reason. Yeah. That makes yeah. total yeah. sense. I like it. Well, that makes sense. I mean, I I got some of these knockoff uh, jerk baits, and they're they're just, they're all well, they're they're not nearly as tuned as as a twenty five dollar mega bass bait. But you go and put some different hooks on it, and you're like, "Wow, this thing is not anywhere close to that to that bait." And then you throw different hooks on a on a mega bass bait because I'm not a big fan of the the hooks they have. I, I've I've seen some weird things happen with the hooks that they have on those baits. They're even using a spinning rod, a light spinning rod. Things can mm-hmm. go really weird with those baits. I don't know. Yep. 
can can you it, it, do you want to talk about the uh, are you a big 110 user and can you talk about those those hooks you know i am not a big 110 user um i honestly i like lusher draft you know i'm a, I'm a big stacy 90 you know pointer 100 um i do use the mega yeah. bass vision one pro blue it seems to be my favorite color mm-hmm. um you know and i it's kind of hard to just really put the right hook on that you know i, I the aaron martin's gamagatsu hooks would probably be the closest ones to it yeah. that i would change out with that are really strong um it's hard because i i don't really dial that bait in like i have the lb 500 mm-hmm. you know um and so a lot of times i'll just i don't even want to mess with i they're, they're stock hooks and i usually don't like stock hooks but for that bait i will throw the stock hooks I was, I'll just baby the fish a little bit more. Mm-hmm. The good thing about that bait, once you do have a fish hook, they're so light wire and they're so sticky. I feel like you can baby a fish and not have to worry as much about them throwing a hook. You know, I've got, I've yep. got, a, I've got a photo that I'm going to send you, Austin, of something that oh. happened one day that I thought was the weirdest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I hate fishing. <laughs> the the back two hooks literally came interlinked after a after a huge hit. One was bent out, and they intertwined with each other. Lost the fish, really. And after that, well, I, dude that that was the, that was killer for me. I was like, "What is going on here?" And it <laughs> it was probably one in a million, right? It was probably yeah. a three pound fish, <laughs> and and one in a million happened, and it was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. I call That's fourteen stupid. inch spot, it, it, huh. dude. It was not a spot because it was not. I was not on a spot lake. <laughs> But it was that they're all there. They're about two and a half average there. I was. I'm going to say it was a yeah. three, but it, just the weirdest thing. And did like I tell everybody this. Like I love the mega bass stuff. I have the jerk baits. I got tons of lucky crafts. I I still like the the KVD. They're cheaper and they work. Yeah, the KVD well, triple grip is a great trouble hook. No, no, I'm I'm just talking about the bait itself. But yes, yeah. I will. Oh, you're talking yeah. about the jerk bait. Yeah, I will. I will put those those triple grips on that that bait as well. Yeah, I've actually I really like the, the striking ones. I I honestly I use them for for stripers on the river, and I they they smash them. I mean, stripers aren't really too picky, but like um, I don't know. I I like actually. I'll throw the stri- the striking over any other bait. You know, when I'm fishing stripers. Yeah. A lot of times we're um, but to rewind on that that your hooks and whatnot, I had a weird scenario as well with my LV five hundred one day. I didn't wasn't on a fish or anything, but I got hung up, right? And I'm sitting there and I'm trying to pop this thing and get it and I'm like, Oh, this thing's stuck, this thing's gone. And I go pull on the bait, it pops free, get it back, my hooks are gone. My split rings are totally perfect on both hooks. On both split rings, hooks are totally gone. What? Brand new. Oh hooks. wow. I don't, I don't, I can't explain it. No idea. I, the only thing I think of is just the hooks were weak and they just, they pull, I don't know. I mean, two of them, gummies, like, two, two of them, both of them. Yeah. The hooks were weaker both, than your split rings. I guess. And they just broke. But and both of split, but I mean, both I, of them, but like I could see one, but both, two. Nope. Both of them. That's crazy. It was, I was with my buddy Jackson Juarez. He was right next to me. He's like, no effing way. <laughs> like that's crazy. You know, like, but. The split rings, they're stock split rings, whatever it comes on the Lucky Craft. You know, I didn't, I don't change into owner hyperwires or anything like that. I just leave them stock. Mm-hmm. There seem to be good, good split rings. But yeah, they weren't bent out. They were perfect. Nothing wrong. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's the only time I've ever lost a trouble look on my bait that usually they'll bend out a little bit if you get hung up or whatnot or 
you get them caught in a net and the fish is thrashing, you know, little bend hooks out a little bit, but that's another reason why I use that seven. I mean, 30 pound braid isn't that strong, but a lot of times I can bend out. If it gets hung up, I can bend those hooks out to get it back and I'll just replace the hooks. I mean, how many tournaments have a pointer 100 or Stacy 90 have won over the years? Mm-hmm. Those special, you know, those two baits have been money. If you find the right fish, <clears throat> you fish in the right cadence, dude, they're not that picky. Yeah. They're not that picky. That's very true. I, I, that's another thing. I, I really dumb it down. And I just, like I said earlier, I just fish, you know, and just fish what's in front of me. You know, if it sets up for a crankbait, I'm going to throw a crankbait. If the weather's right and I'll throw a spook all day or, you know, just like if this point looks good, I'll pick up a swim bait and fire the swim bait over the point. And like I said, just dumbing it down and fishing what's in front of me. I like your style, Austin Wilson. I I appreciate it. (laughs) I told Joel earlier, and I've said this about a couple guys we've talked to, I said, but he is the true definition of a grinder. Like you don't have a certain niche. There's nothing that, you know, there's not once like, Oh, he's great at that. It's just, he's a grinder. He catches them. I really don't like to use spinning rods, but if I have to, <laughs> I will. <laughs> but if I can get a reaction, I'll catch a reaction. The only time I really use a spinning rod is for my, my weightless tie tech, which I won up there on Almanor. I really like that, that technique. I remember, that I, I remember you at Lake Comanche. What was that? Mm-hmm. Two years ago, maybe. Mm-hmm. Lake Comanche. It was one of the tournaments you guys had Wild West. It was like brutally hot, summertime, 110 <laughs> degrees, super tough bite. And you were skipping that little four inch Cinco into that one little drain pipe. Yep. Uh huh. And you uh-huh. actually came after, I, I don't know if it was that same day, but you came um, to the golf course. We had one of those kids fishing meetings and you came and spoke with the kids that night. Yeah. 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 But you were throwing, but you were throwing a spinning rod, skipping a cinco. I saw you I out did. there. I did. I did throw a four inch cinco on a spinning rod. I like honestly. I do. Throw, I like a four inch cinco, especially when I'm fishing around spotted bass um, and fisheries that have small bait. You know, um, like the after bay is another place I threw a four inch cinco. I mean, yeah, there's some trout and several steelhead, landlocked steelhead that they put in there. But for some reason, that four inch cinco really, I, I I do. I really like a four inch cinco, and I don't think a whole lot of people throw it weightless. You know, if you got, if I have fish that are shallow and they are spooky, I feel like a four inch cinco, I can give them the bite. And didn't you catch like, I want to say you caught like almost a five pound largey on that. I did. Yeah. I did. I remember that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was, I was, I had the spot like this, like that was the winning spot. Like I had it. I just didn't capitalize on a few bites and, you know, Phil Dutra ended up winning it right there. You know, me and him were talking. And I told him I caught nine out of 12 of the fish I caught off that pipe. And uh, it was pretty cool because then he obviously won it. And that's where, that's where he caught him. You know, so I was like, oh, I had it. I had that spot, you know, <laughs> but I, I couldn't get it the last day, <laughs> you know. But I'm happy for Phil. I like I like Deidre a lot. Good fish. He's fisherman. a great dude. Great dude. Mm-hmm. Well, Joel, what do you got? No man, I, I I don't know. I'm just I'm still here trying to download everything that he's he's saying. Uh, it's a lot of good info. Yeah, it's a lot of good info, and this one right here is going to go down the annals of of being one of the great ones to go back and listen to. If you've li- if you're listening to it now, you're going to want to go back and listen to this one later on down the line because there's a lot of good stuff here. Oh, I that. Uh, you know I haven't really been fishing too much lately. You know, like I said, I've been I've been working a lot. 
Um, I fished the Delta for the first time, what, last Friday? And I went with, uh, with Anthony, um, went mm-hmm. to the Delta. We caught some big ones, but really, I haven't, I haven't fast fished since snag proof in August. You know, um, well, no, I shouldn't say that. I went duck hunting and I brought my bass rod and I knocked the crap out of them. And it was a great time. Now, I don't <laughs> want to say where I was at, but Damn I was it. up. You're you're out there door. duck hunting and then just smacking them on the side, little cast little <laughs> casting blast, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah. When the when the days in the because I was up there for two days, and uh, when the duck hunting got slow, we would go into town or we go go to our vehicles and uh, fish right around the ramp, and we absolutely smoked them. I think we caught like 60, <laughs> 60 fish in like two days, <laughs> all largemouth. Oh my gosh. It was, Jeez. you know, the, the place, I don't really want to say anything because it's... Don't say it. You know, don't, don't do it. Don't, it, don't, don't you do it. I'm not. How I'm dare not. you? I'm don't just, do it. I'm just going to say that the lake drained in 2015 and they restocked it in 2017. So the fish have not got that big. So the biggest one we caught was like four pounds. But they absolutely looked like the northern strain fish. Dude, this and is... just super stocky and just awesome. They're just, they fought hard too. So I, I just a, a shameless plug. Like if you listen to the ones we've done with Shano Gorman, the aquatic biologist, mm-hmm. and I don't know if you've listened, you need to listen to that one because exactly what you're saying, he's talked about this on both podcasts. Mm-hmm. Like what mm-hmm. you're talking about that, like when a lake, when you do that to a lake, it's going to be great for the next like ten years, and then it's going to diminish yeah. from there. Yep. Hmm. But other than that, like I said, I mean, the fishery was a great fishery. I had a blast up there, and we, were, we, we shot a bunch of ducks. I think me and my buddies, we ended up shooting, like, 32 ducks and 32 birds with four honkers. Um, and we caught a bunch of fish, too. So, but other than that, like I said, I've not been bass fishing. Everything's been salmon lately. You know, I've just been on that salmon kick. And, you know, they pull hard, you know. Like, they take drag. And so do stripers, too. I love striper fishing, but something about salmon fishing. I absolutely love it. Me, me and Ryan don't have the best luck when we go salmon fishing. <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> I, went, I went out to the ocean, Austin, three times. Yeah, I went out there three times salmon fishing. And it's one of the best ocean runs they've had in years, right? It was phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I, I blanked all three times. Oh, God. It's fun. <laughs> Just pick the wrong days, man. I'm telling you. I got some gorgeous sunrise photos, though. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> I've only been, I don't fish the ocean too much. I did go out once this year out there and ended up limiting it out. But um, a lot of boats, a lot of boats out there. It's, there's a lot of people that do it. Um, oh, yeah. I just I focus on the rivers. You know, obviously they're they're not the the obviously not the quality that you're you're going to catch in the ocean. Yeah. Um, but they I I feel like now this is uh, might be <laughs> I I think that river salmon fight way harder than ocean salmon. I know there's guys out there that will say there's no freaking way. Ocean salmon will fight harder than freshwater river salmon. I don't think so. You know, I, I agree. I, I 100% agree with you. Guys, mm. I, I think but you're, you're using totally different tactics. You know, when you're out there on the ocean, you're using a thicker, rod, you know, bigger rod, 30 mm. or 40 pound test. Now when you're in the rivers, but a lot of times you, I'm using either 12 to, you know, 20 pounds. You know, so it's totally different taxes. You have current, you know, you have, you know, fast moving water or, you know, just boulders and trees and stuff. Those fish can get you tangled up in deadline. You know, I don't know. I just, I think river salmon fight way harder and I, I love it. 
So that light line stuff is fun anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that yeah. light line stuff is fun. Yeah. Steelhead season is right around the corner, so looking forward. Like, there's a lot of steelhead in the river right now, but you know, I'm looking forward to steelhead season. For sure. They fight hard. They're trout on steroids. That's another. Well, we that's can't a, wait to see some pics. Yeah, that's another bucket yeah. lister for sure. That mm-hmm. one, that would be cool. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, fun. this has been an awesome one. No, dude, I'm, I'm a I'm a big fan of Austin Wilson now. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. You got you so got a, my wife. You got a new. <laughs> well, <laughs> so tell my wife that. <laughs> well, me and me and Ryan were just talking about how he pissed off our wives right before he came on. So, at least your wife's. <laughs> at least you're you're good with your wife right now. Sometimes, sometimes. <laughs> I, I still fish a lot. She gets mad, but uh, well, they're always mad. So they're always mad. <laughs> they're always that's mad. Right. That's oh, right. Yeah, that, that's that's true. <laughs> so uh, awesome. Before we let you go, uh, we're going to give you the floor. Uh, anybody you want to talk about? Anything you want to leave the listeners with? Anything you want to say out there? And to your the, sponsors, you want to thank? Yeah. Any yep. anything anything you got to our to our small little group of of listeners here yeah first i gotta thank all you know all my sponsors you know wicked weights has been a huge sponsor of mine for from you know since i fished flw um p-line you know another great sponsor dnm custom baits uh ducket hopped on this year um you know who else i mean i have there's so many you know that i i can't not name off the top of my head i've been out of the loop fishing tournaments and really posting anything so i can't really I should be, I should know everyone by the top of my head, but, um, you know, th- I thank all my sponsors. Um, and then a little, little hint or a little thing that you can, you can do when you're out in the water is when you get bit, make sure you set the hook. <laughs> Those are going to miss that fish. But, uh, that's kind of my, my tip, you know, when you guys, <laughs> when you get bit, set the when hook. When you get bit, set the hook. <laughs> how hard, Austin, how hard, how hard do you set? Oh, you want to try to break that rod. Break that rod. <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> um, I love it. That's kind of. I I don't know. I don't know what else to say about. That's it. Know. Well, I mean, that's that. You said it all, dude. You're done. You're good. Sweet. Way to go. Had a good get time. bit. Set the hook. You get bit. You set know, the hook. Bit, and set it. Set it hard. Set it hard. Send that sucker to tomorrow. <laughs> the moon. <laughs> to the moon. To the moon. <laughs> Well, Ryan, oh, man. I, you got I, this is a great podcast. dude. Hey, this is this has been a lot of fun, man. I cannot thank you enough. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm glad you guys uh, had me on. It's been a blast, dude, and thank you for coming on, man. And and and, yeah. and whatever you choose to do from here on out, just keep up the good work. Uh, I'll I'll do my best, and I hope I can get some more YouTube videos out for all you guys. You know, I <laughs> I know I'm lacking lately. You know, I do want to start posting again once a week. Um, I just got to get in the routine. I do plan on selling my boat and my bath boat. Um, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to buy my dad's river boat. And so I can do a lot more and I can go chase the stripers. You know, I can go chase the salmon out of it and I can go down the Delta and I can, you know, fish for, you know, my bass. Still be able to fish tournaments out of it. It wouldn't be a boat that I'd be able to fish bigger events. Like I wouldn't be able to fish apex or the pro-ams, um, right. out of it. But I can do more in, and obviously nowadays, you know, nowadays I can't, I can't afford two boats. So it's one right. or the other, mm-hmm. you know, and this boat sets up better that I can go do more stuff for my YouTube channel and to post for everyone to watch. Perfect. So I do plan on selling my boat. Um, obviously it's a, it's an older Ranger. It's a 481. It's a 30 year old Ranger. It's as old as I am. Um, 2006 Merc on it. But, 
I don't know. I'll probably put it up in the spring. But if you know if someone's interested and want to go out for a test run, they can always hit me up on, on social media. I'll take them out for a test run. It's it's so, a proven fish catcher. It is. <laughs> I'm selling it. And if anybody wants to follow his YouTube channel, um, it is, correct me if I'm wrong, it's Fisherman Wilson. Yes, it is. Fisherman yes. Wilson. Yeah. And then my social media, like Instagram and Facebook, is just Austin Wilson Fishing. I need to switch it to Fisherman Wilson because everyone knows me for my YouTube channel for the most part. So I do need to switch my, my Instagram and Facebook over just to Fisherman Wilson. So, but... And don't ask me why I came up with that YouTube channel name. I don't know. It just, it just came to me and stuck. So <laughs> I think you'd have. I think I would have something a little more catchy. But I, I'm I here. I'm here. It get it gets the point across, dude. You're good. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. I like it. All right, we're good. Hey, man, thank you so much, and uh, we're gonna let you go. All right, sounds good. Talk to you guys later. But thanks again, bud. See ya. Yep. Thanks for having me. Another super solid individual, Joel. I, I really Eid. like that guy. I really like that guy. He's cool, man. There's no arrogance. There's no cockiness. You know, it's just, it is what it is. He's not a, yeah. No, he's not a dick. He just goes out and catches them. He lets his fishing rods do the talking. There's a premium on guys that aren't dicks nowadays, and that's one of those guys. But, um, yeah, go guys. buy his boat, and then you can, you can buy my 2005 GMC and pull it. And have yourself a sick little setup because that old GMC has never let me down towing everywhere across the state. Like there you go. 30,000 miles worth. All right. Ryan Cook, you got anything else? It's time to you go. It's, it's time for Ryan Cook to go eat some scramps. My beautiful wife is getting ready to cook our dinner in there. She goes cook some scramps. But hey. Keep your lines wet, keep your heads high, and when you get a bite, set the hook. Set the hook. Hard. See you, Ryan. See you, Joel. Go to 10! I was at about six there. You don't want to see me go to 10.